You're listening to SBS News. Wild weather along the east coast of Australia has already brought fatalities and destruction this summer. There have already been deaths in Queensland following severe thunderstorms in the state's southeast. A child was killed in Victoria after being struck by a large branch that fell from a tree in the state's north, while New South Wales also experienced severe thunderstorms over Christmas and Boxing Day. Research Director at the Climate Council, Dr Simon Bradshaw, says we can expect these volatile weather patterns to continue. Everything we see these days is happening in the context of climate change on a planet that is hotter, more energetic and more dangerous as a result of burning coal, oil and gas. And when we look back at these past events, we can see we are living through that era of climate consequences. And it really does tell us we've got to act much faster if we're to protect Australian communities and limit future harms. Dr Bradshaw explains why we are seeing such increasingly unpredictable weather conditions. We can think of this as having put our weather on steroids. Uh, By burning fossil fuels, coal, oil and gas, we've thickened up the blanket of greenhouse gases around our planet that traps heat from the sun. We're now trapping much more heat, which means there's more energy for powerful storms. It means that we can have prolonged dry spells punctuated by extreme downpours And that increases the risk of not only extreme weather events, but communities being hit by successive and compounding disasters. And sadly, many Australians are getting familiar with this growing risk and, of course, wanting us to do more to tackle the root causes of this challenge. But it's also vital communities are prepared to live with this changing climate, as CEO of Plan C, Dr Jean Renouf, explains. Dr Renouf is based in Lismore, a community in the northern rivers of New South Wales, still reeling from the devastating floods last year. If you're not kind of uh, necessarily trained, familiar, prepared, aware of this, it, it's a bit of a shocker to go from literally one to the another just like that. And, you know, you can also include droughts and heat waves in the mix and storms. So it's not just bushfires and floods. So the the succession of uh, direct lived experience of threats is very real and a bit of a shocker. But then I think there's also the vicarious trauma from, you know, knowing what has happened in the Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast um, and far north Queensland, but also overseas. Like this, you can see it's definitely happening everywhere. So there's a, a sense of, oh, we need to do something, but what? He says the floods, as well as the 2020 bushfires, proved communities had to support each other in both organised and haphazard ways. Dr Renouf works with communities to prepare them for the risks they face and offer vital and practical skills to manage such risks posed by disasters. It's not just about preparing for the next disasters. It's about changing the way we live so that we can still live, you know, Um, normal lives, sort of, um, despite the changing uh, context. So it's about connecting with others, building communities with familiar strangers or with your friends and families. It's also about uh, learning from others, um, exchanging goods, sharing resources, skills with others, uh, perhaps having some communication systems locally. So if you can raise awareness uh, of residents about what they risk, the risk they face, and give them practical ways to meet these needs, either as individual, as members of a household, or better yet, as members of a community, then they are far better equipped to deal with the sort of complex disaster we're talking about. 
There are also direct health impacts emerging as a result of climate change and extreme weather events. Dr Beau Frego is with Doctors for the Environment Australia and explains the compounding threats posed by the changing environment. He uses extreme heat as one example of a threat to our health. You know, our bodies are capable of sort of calibrating different forms of temperatures when we experience them on a day-to-day basis. Um, it's harder for our bodies to do that when we're exposed to extreme versions of temperature, whether it's extreme cold or extreme heat. Um, and especially for those of us who are vulnerable, like pregnant women, like children, the elderly, our body systems are not as capable to withstand that kind of extreme pressures for long periods of time. Um, and so those are the people that we see the most affected. Um, in those singular incidents, we're talking about things like heat stress, heat stroke, um, which can be very life threatening and can really compromise someone uh, from their, you know, their kidney function, their heart function when they're kind of depleted of fluids and, and struggling to regulate their body temperature. But these climate disasters can also have a detrimental effect on mental health. If the devastation is significant enough or prolonged enough, then that does result in increased incidences of things like anxiety, depression, um, suicidality, all of that kind of stuff. And that that is well documented. You can look at, you know, the people who um, sustained devastation from the really significant bushfires that we had, you know, just in 2019 um, to the people who are dealing with floods in Kansas now or in Lismore last year. You know, people who lose their entire livelihood in this in an instant. It's hard to recover from that, especially in an era right now where we have increased cost of living and inflation and all these other stressors that are on people already to then throw at them these extreme weather events that are causing that kind of devastation. It just further tips the scale for a lot of people who are already vulnerable to mental health issues. Dr. Frigo says looking out for one another is key to helping mitigate the more serious mental and physical effects of climate change and extreme weather events. Do you know family members who are particularly vulnerable to heat? And when there is an extreme heat wave, that maybe you invite them to your house to stay where you have air conditioning or where you have a pool or where you have the ability to look after them. Do people need to you know, move from areas that are particularly vulnerable when they know that an extreme weather event is happening? So it's about being kind to your neighbor. It's about reaching out assistance when we need to um, and about preparing because the reality is, is that a lot of us are going to continue to experience these things a lot more frequently. Uh, than we really are willing to acknowledge. Dr Bradshaw says there must also be a real commitment to reducing emissions. It's not too late. We are, of course, living with the consequences of our poor decisions in the past, but there's still so much we can and must do to limit future harms. It means driving down our emissions as fast as possible this decade. It means listening to communities on the front line, understanding what they need, to protect themselves from increasingly extreme weather disasters. And it means playing our part in global efforts to limit warming as close to one and a half degrees as possible. There's so much we can do and every smart decision now matters and will be measured in a safer future. Dr Renouf echoes these calls, but acknowledges the importance of community resilience in living with and adapting to these climate conditions. It is late in the sense that we know that every fraction of a degree that warms warms the planet globally is making any disaster in any region of the world worse. So we absolutely do have to mitigate, to reduce our uh, emissions of fossil fuels as much as possible, 
And then it's also about connecting, just developing a community safety net where we can support each other, you know, in anticipation by sharing information and, and resources, as I said before, but also in response when things happen. Altogether, even if, you know, the situation was not getting worse, I, f- I feel if you look at, you know, um, the loneliness epidemics that exist in Australia, coming together would be excellent regardless. Katrina Stewart, SBS News.